I have a question for you, my Chakra Girl radio listeners. Do you feel like you have a deep connection to your intuition, but you don't know how to use it? Almost like you know you're meant to be a healer of some kind, but you know you have so much healing you need to do on yourself first, and you have no idea where to start. Babe, if you are feeling those whispers from the universe and you're attracted to all the woo-woo things like crystals, tarot cards, you know, it's because your inner goddess knows you have a big purpose in this lifetime and she wants to show you how intuitive you really are. So the first step is to connect to your inner healer goddess archetype so that you can begin to remember those innate abilities and she's closer than you may think. So I've created a fun and easy quiz for you to tap into your subconscious and to really make a connection with your inner healing goddess archetype. And on the results page of the quiz, I'm giving you a list of exactly how to use your powers to heal yourself and to heal the collective. So go take the quiz today and get started on your goddess journey to healing yourself and elevating the collective. So go to quiz.chakragirlco.com slash goddess. That's quiz.chakragirlco.com slash goddess. Chakra Girl Radio with Amberly Lyons is an uncut look into the lives of today's influencers to create real conversation about spirituality, modern girl problems, and the balance between vodka and green juice, gurus and Gucci. We're getting real about the chaos, mistakes, and meltdowns that come along with success. Here's your main chakra girl, Amberly Lyons. Welcome back to Chakra Girl Radio. This is Amberly Lyons, your spiritual BFF, and I'm on a mission to make the world more chic and connected, one activated chakra at a time. We are here today with such an amazing woman, Danny Faust. She is an intuitive coach, a metaphysical practitioner, and she has been sharing so much powerful and moving information on creating change for the equality of black people everywhere. So we are diving deep into manifesting equality and love for the collective education on the injustices that black people face every day that I honestly didn't know about. Like I've really been educating myself and Danny's giving us so much information so that we can really wrap our head around how the, this suppression has been happening. And we're also talking about how to be an ally, how to use your influence, your inner work and your actions to shift the collective into love. Because it has been heavy and we want to help you with this inner work, but you also need to be taking initiative. Make sure you're taking action and listening to this episode is a way to really educate yourself. I really suggest doing a ton of shadow work, really being real with yourself about your subconscious beliefs, anything that's been deeply ingrained in you. And some of this shit has been passed down from generations and ancestors that we might not even consciously remember where we have these like suppressed beliefs. Um, And really like checking our privilege is so important as well. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff that we're working on today. And here's the thing too, like where we are in life right now, at this point in time in the world, we are in a shadow period. Like there are literally, we're in eclipse season, which is a shadow period. So this is where we're meant to really dig deep. We're supposed to really look at our own belief systems, our own structures and reconstruct, which means breaking down what's not working and reconstructing to build back up 
to love. And so that's happening in the world today. You know, the police system is breaking down. You know, there's other systems that are breaking down. Our old beliefs are breaking down. And internally, we need to be doing that inner shadow work as well. We need to be breaking down our beliefs about racism, our beliefs about our own privilege, but also just anything else in our lives that's held us back because anything that's not rooted in love, any energy that you're embodying that's not rooted in love is going to hold you back. Okay. So we're actually doing a five day chakra detox, five days of shadow work with meditations and rituals and all kinds of ways to get you back to you, back to love. So we're going to be releasing things like guilt, shame, those subconscious racism beliefs, like all the things. So Um, It's totally free. It's a five-day situation, and we are really going for it. So we'll give you the link in the show notes for you to sign up. And uh, I'll tell, I mean, I'll give it to you right now too, if you really want to type it in, but it's trainings.chakragirlco.com slash chakra dash detox dash challenge. So trainings.chakragirlco.com slash chakra dash detox dash challenge. Okay. But I mean, for easier reference, we'll link you in the show notes. <laughs> um, okay. Also, um, I want to tell you guys as well that Danny has an amazing five day meditation challenge. So it'd be kind of cool to do both of these simultaneously. Um, and yeah, her work is absolutely phenomenal and amazing. So we're going to link you to that in the show notes as well. And we talk about it a little bit more during the episode and all the fun manifestation vibes as well. So super excited. Before we get into the episode, chakra tip, you guys. Another thing that I love when it comes to shadow work is cord cutting. So that's just one way to really like release old beliefs and old attachments to people or memories that aren't serving us. So I actually did. So this is my chakra tip and my chakra shout out. So George Lizos, love him. We had an episode with him. He's amazing. Um, I did a cord cutting. Uh, session with him. So we really, he, I love how he like broke it down. He's like, you break it down into three steps. So you acknowledge what the cord is, you clear the energy, and then you seal your energy so that that attachment can't come back. And the way that he did it was just so amazing. He made me really face my own bullshit. He's so psychic. He just knew everything. I was like, how do you know all this about me? It was so crazy, but we released it and I feel like a new woman. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The theme of today is we need to face the darkness and we need to take fucking action or the darkness just gets stronger and what we resist persists, right? So if you keep stuffing it down, it just explodes one day. So check out George Lizzo's. I'll link you guys to him. You can even listen to that episode after this one, but listen to this one, do the work, take the action, be an ally. And yeah, let's just like really be a part of this movement. Like how powerful is it that we get to be a part of this fucking revolution? We get to help all these amazing black people everywhere bring themselves back to, you know, being equal, which is crazy. Like it's crazy that being equal is something that people have to even strive for. So let's make this happen, guys. Love you all. Let's get into this episode.
Welcome back to Shopper Girl Radio. We are here today with Danny Faust. She is an intuitive coach and metaphysical practitioner and the founder of okdanny.com. And she's helping women access their power to make a living from their blogs while also hosting a podcast called Manifested Sis, which I'm obsessed with, and does Reiki psychic readings. And she's been a big inspiration and eye opener for me with everything going on in the world today with the anti-racism revolution that we're all experiencing right now. So many things to talk about. Welcome to the show, Danny. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to talk to you and speak to your audience. I appreciate it. Yay. Okay, let's dive in to our slumber party questions. What is your morning ritual? My morning ritual, I take some time in silence first. Um, sometimes it's a deep meditation. Sometimes it's just focusing on my breath, whatever, wherever I'm at <laughs> in the morning. And then I take time to do my journaling practice, which is super important to me, and move my body a little bit. Not necessarily a big workout, but just get, get the blood flowing, get the energy moving a bit. Yeah. So those are my non-negotiables. Amazing. And do you have any specific journaling prompts that you do, or is it just whatever you feel like? Oh, I do tons. I'm so into journaling. That's a, just a big part of my life and what I teach my clients. Um, but I do affirmation work, but I don't call them affirmations anymore when I'm teaching it because people have like a visceral reaction to that word. So I call them reminders. So I'm just kind of reminding myself who I want to be, reminding um, myself who I truly am and uh, reminding myself about the day I'm going to have and how I'm going to approach life for the day. So I do things like that. And I have um, an I'm ready exercise that I love to, to do. Like I'm ready for the next step. I'm ready for a blessed day or whatever. I just do I'm ready and I finish the sentence with all the shit I'm ready for. And that's the day. I love that. And I love that I am ready because it's like, it's, it's almost like, it's like declaring that you're ready for it. Like I'm energetically ready for this to happen. But then it's also like, it's literally opening up for it to land. Absolutely. And you can say things that you're ready for concrete things that you know, you're going to be ready for in the day and things that you're just intending on in the future. It can be anything. I'm ready for, you know, my million dollar mansion, or I'm ready for a great meeting with my boss this afternoon, just mm -hmm. whatever. So good. I love that. What is your favorite crystal of the moment? Mm, I have two. One is black tourmaline because it just keeps me down on earth <laughs> and out of my head. It keeps me from spiraling out. It has a nice grounding energy for me. Um, and I like the, the raw kind of shardy looking um, black tourmaline. Mm, yes. I just actually got a giant black tourmaline like crystal ball mm. like on a stand and I put it on my nightstand because I have like the weirdest fucking ghost visitors in the world. <laughs> so far, so good. They have not visited since I've gotten it. So we'll see. It's a great one for, for protection, for sure. Um, for me, I just like the way it draws me back down. It keeps my head out of the clouds. Um, sometimes I throw it aside because I want my heads up in the clouds, but. Yes. <laughs> I love also blue lapis is another big one for me because yes. uh, I, I talk a lot and I want to make sure that I'm communicating effectively and it's great for my uh, throat chakra. Ooh, love and good for third eye as well. So you can be, yeah. you can be still in your head, but from like a more clear place. Like that, yeah. What is your favorite Oracle card deck? Hoo-wee. Um, I don't want to mess up the name. I think it's like the Work Your Light deck, I want to say it's called. Ooh. Um, 
I think it's by Rebecca. Yeah, Rebecca Campbell. Yes, thank yes. you. <laughs> I yeah. love that deck. It's beautiful and it is timely. And that is one of the decks that I never have to pull from because something always jumps out of the deck for me. And of course, it's what I need to hear and, and meditate on. It's just always perfect for me. I know. I, I love when that happens. But then sometimes I like, I feel called out right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like you want the guidance and then sometimes you're like, whoa, whoa, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't ready for all that kind of guidance. Like exactly. back up a little, but yeah. hey, you need it, right? Yes. Okay, what is your sun, your moon, and your rising? Um, my sun, Virgo, moon, Oh, geez. Oh, my moon is Aquarius and my rising is Sagittarius. And I don't know what Sagittarius or Aquarius mean. Okay, well, let me tell you, because I'm the awful, I'm an Aquarius sun and I'm a Sag moon. So Sag, if you're a Sag sun, you're you're Sag sun, you said, right? No, um, Sag rising. Sag, sorry, that's what I meant. Sag rising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sag rising means that you are spontaneous. Is that right? Yes. And you are like fiery in a good way, which I think is definitely true from what I know about you. <laughs> and you are like always down for an adventure. That's me. Yes. Okay, perfect. And then <laughs> an Aquarius moon. I'm an Aquarius sun. So like Aquarius, but like, so the moon would be like kind of like the dark side of Aquarius, which means sometimes maybe a little bit detached or like you've got deep emotions, but you oh, don't always know how to show them. Hmm. That is me. Yeah, it's, it's me too. <laughs> I always joke that I have no feelings, but it's that I have them and I just don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I always say that I have a cold black heart, but it's yes. kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Aquarius for sure. So fun. Okay, um, love that. So let's talk about all the amazing things you do. So I want to know about when you had your spiritual awakening and when you decided to make this spiritual work your life's work. Yeah, so I feel like I kind of had two major ones. Uh, the first, I didn't recognize it for what, I didn't have the languaging to call it a spiritual awakening. But so way back in 2003, I was, girl, I was a mess. I was partying, all the drugs, all the drinking, all the clubbing, just not doing anything with my life. And in 2003, that's when I was supposed to graduate from college. Mm -hmm. And all my friends are graduating and there I am just stuck. So I was like, whoa, something has got to change because like, I know I'm smarter than these broads. How are they finished? And I'm like here stagnating. So um, that led me to personal development. And it was the beginning of a spiritual shift for me, but I didn't know that. And that's what dug me into goals and intention setting and, you know, taking control of my time and having a vision for my future. Mm. And, you know, I got myself on track. I finished school, started a career and dug really deep into personal development. And then when the secret came out, it kind of made me go even further into the world of manifesting. And I saw the parallels to the psych work that I was doing with personal development and the spiritual kind of push from the secret. And that started my change of career because after that, um, a couple years after digging into the, the concept of the secret and the law of attraction, I then got my coaching certification and I was just dabbling in coaching here and there. It was a, a side hustle type thing. Um, and I kept on learning about manifesting and learning all about crystals and just, just picking at different things that, felt good at the time. Um, but it wasn't until 2016 that I, I lost my brother 
And that led me to speaking with a psychic medium. And after talking to her, it's like something opened up in me and I got a flood of memories from um, very prophetic and psychic ex and just powerful metaphysical experiences that happened when I was a small child that I guess I somehow blocked out. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, and that just pushed me into learning all about my gifts. So that's when I learned that I, about all my clairs and I learned the way I, I speak with spirit and my intuition and I opened up deeper to it. And that was my next, um, I guess, spiritual reawakening, I guess, or deepening of my awakening. And ever since then, it's been like full force. I'm working with clients one-on-one -on -one to help them with manifesting and opening up to their intuition. And I'm doing, you know, intuitive readings for people. So it, I went all in for myself and my growth. And then I'm just like pouring it on everyone that'll let me <laughs> as yeah. well in my business. Yeah. I love it. So I want to know, like when it comes to manifesting, because we all you know, when we do manifesting practices, typically it's like for what we want, like as individuals, what tips can you give to implement some like manifesting practices that will benefit the collective and moving towards love and equality? Oh man. So everything that you do to better yourself as one, one specific God being is definitely working on an, on a low key level to, to benefit the collective. So whatever you're doing for yourself, know that it's not selfish. You are still helping me and everyone else. Um, but you can actively put your intention out and push your energy out towards doing good for the collective. Like for example, um, right now with all the protesters out, I am sending them Reiki. I am sending them love and, and um, healing. And for the collective trauma that we're going through, I'm sending out energy and love as part of my um, evening meditation practice. And I'm just one person, but I know that my energy is out doing good for the collective. Mm -hmm. um, and I think everyone who's listening can take a moment to, to give their energy for that purpose as well, whether or not it's for the protesters, but just out. And I think a daily devotion and like conscious choosing to lead with love, no matter what the hell you're doing. I mean, you're online at the grocery store. You can lead with love in your interactions with the cashier or the lady behind you in line. I think leading with love is a reminder that we are all one and you kind of meet the other person that you are interacting with at their core being of love as well. And that can only help the collective. Mm. I love that because I feel like I have had so many people be like, oh, I feel selfish or like, you know, I, I have this goal for my business this month or, you know, am I selfish to be moving towards that? And I agree. Like, I'm like, I feel like people need to feel fulfilled and happy in or it's like you need to be working on yourself and making yourself happy in order to be able to give from a fuller cup. Absolutely. And, you know, also it can be an and situation. It doesn't have to be yeah. either I focus on my business or I work on the collective. Do both. I mean, work on your business, but give as well. Mm, I love that. What is your favorite like daily manifesting thing that you do, whether it's for abundance or for like business success, something that's like just for you? So definitely back to the journal again. Um, yes. <laughs> journaling my reminders is really um it's big for me. It's really, truly how I reprogrammed my brain mm. to be um, more open and recognize that I am abundance. I am what I'm seeking. So I, it's a reminder to like go to myself. Um, and it's how I connect with 
with God, source, universe, whatever word you guys you know resonate deeper with it's how i connect to source and um so journaling is definitely my my number one and i've also um recently been much more um attracted to tapping and tapping is it's yeah. a belief i don't know if you know it emotional freedom technique yeah oh yeah, yeah. so I, I have really been tuning into that to kind of clear my beliefs and and stabilize my energy especially now when you know, black people are being re-traumatized daily by what's going on. So um, going to EFT is one of my daily things now that help keep me from going postal. <laughs> yes, I love it. And there's so many good ones that you can just Google, like Brad Gates. I'm obsessed yes, with Why haven't I had absolutely. him on the podcast? I need to ask him. Um, yes, get him yeah, on. I'm obsessed with that. Dude. He has like everything. It's like tapping for like my foot hurts, like tapping for yes, like, weight loss to money to I'm pissed yes. at my husband, whatever it is. He's got yes. one for you. I know. It's so good. It's so good. So you're also hosting a manifestation challenge. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I have this ongoing five-day manifestation um, breakthrough challenge, and it's five days of video prompts that kind of lead you through little exercises. And by the end of those five days, you manifest something. I don't care if it's money or if it's just a more positive outlook on your life, but you're manifesting. And it's just a great jumpstart for you to start your own practices. And it gives you a few ideas that you can then use to create your own rituals. Because if there is no one size fits all with manifesting. You're going to see what resonates with you. And you can only find what resonates with you by trying a bunch of stuff. So yes. I give you a few things to, to start with and then you can go from there. Yes. And we'll link everyone to that as well. But yeah, when you get intentional about it and I find when you do it in a group, it just like amplifies the energy. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that. So I have a group on Facebook and when we do, when we run through it together, it's like everyone's popping in with, Oh, I got this. Oh, this thing yeah. popped up. And I think it's also important to recognize the way the manifestations come in. It might not look exactly like you are expecting. So you could be pining away for a lover and, you know, every day just praying and meditating for the love of your life to come through. But what you really want is just connection. And maybe the universe sends you um, a new neighbor who's really social and you start going to dinner with that neighbor and just, you know, having girls nights with that neighbor. So you get the connection you want, but you're expecting it to come in this lover. And mm -hmm. it's like, hey, you're not recognizing what the universe is just giving you, bro. Like, be thankful. And then five years later, you could find out that your neighbor has a hot cousin and you could exactly. end up with him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. Love it. So I want to talk about manifestation and race. I actually, I told this story on my Instagram. I actually had someone um, reach out to me, a black girl reach out to me. This was a while back before I had really done a lot of my own research. And she had kind of expressed, you know, when you're blanket, you're kind of giving these blanket statements saying things like, oh, anyone can manifest like you know, ma like making it easy. It's actually, you need to recognize that that's part of your privilege that has made it easy. I'd love to know like how, like kind of like how do people of color or black people, like what are the manifestation shifts that maybe would be different or is it just a different way of looking at it? Like what's your view on that? Yeah. So, okay. The overarching thing is yes, everyone can manifest. We are all the same God beings, right? So yeah. on a higher, more esoteric level, if we're talking, you know, 7D, 5D level, we're all the same and have the same capabilities. However, down here on earth, in this 3D reality, physical world, there are 
a lot of different privileges that someone has that I don't. And we have to recognize that when we are giving our messages, it can't all be love and light with a blanket statement that doesn't take into account the history and the specific type of trauma that uh, black people are dealing with day to day. And it's not like it's something that was in the past, like, oh, slavery happened, but now everything's great. No, I mean, it's right now. It's people who's, who has a specific name, their resume getting tossed in the trash for their dream job just because their name is like Shaquanda Jones and not like Chastity Smith or something, you know, like di different little subtle things like that are holding a person back that are sometimes unseen. And I think What's, what's great now is that people are opening up to it. I think now these conversations, this uprising that we're having is really powerful because people are being open and exposed to things that they might not have realized were even going on. These microaggressions, these subtle bits of racism that are just, you know, it's a consistent cloud over a subset of the population. So while manifestation is, you know, it's the same thing, you write, you, you, I mean, you ask, you believe, you receive, right? We can make yeah. it that simple. And it can be, but the believe part might be simpler for someone who always gets what they want easily because they live in a society that caters to them versus someone working on the belief part when they are systematically held down. Mm. So I think that manifestation coaches, spiritual leaders of all colors, of all faiths, of all everything, need to be mindful to not make the blanket statement and like, come on, Black people, it's so easy, let's do it. But yeah. recognize the cultural significance of what is what systemic racism does to a person's psyche. And rem remember that it's another thing to overcome before we can then think about the manifesting. Yes. Okay. I love that. And how so how would you say like as white coaches how could we be more equipped or like conscious to give maybe those extra tools to be like if you really need to like work on your belief or if you've experienced this try these things like is that our place to give those tips so I think the best thing for white coaches and white leaders in the spiritual and, you know, woo-woo manifesting world, I think the best thing for them to do is the self-work first. Before they try to speak to the Black audience, I think they need to really get rooted in on the reality of Black life in America now. I think there are great books to read. Um, white Fragility is one. Um, white Supremacy and Me, How to Be an Anti-Racist. So you want to talk about racism. Those are great books to start, but you have to do that inner work. I think what I'm seeing now is a lot of white coaches are just going the spiritual bypassing work, love and light. We're all one. And it's yeah. like, bro, bro, this is not the time for that shit. Yeah. So I think that is step one is do that work. Have those hard conversations with your friends and family. Recognize where you have been a gatekeeper for white supremacy unwittingly so. There's so so many you know faux pas that happen and it's not that everybody's racist, it's just that everybody's living from their own lived reality and it's quite different from mine at the time. So I think that's the first step is working on yourself. Then making your, your content very uh, inclusive. I see a lot of you know marketing and Instagram feeds that are super homogenous. It's like, are you even talking to me? Do you want me as a client? I don't know. I can't tell from the way you are 
packaging your message, you know? So I think being conscious of multicultural images when you're using stock images and just allowing your space to be safe for black people because a lot of black people don't feel safe in the spiritual leader spaces currently and in the past. Mm. So making yourself available in that way. And then when you are doing your messaging, when you are doing your trainings, I think leaving, um, making it not so pat, leaving a lot of grace for different lived experiences and also being open for the feedback that you might get and being willing to hear it even if it doesn't sound sweet and gentle. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the hard part. And I think you did a good job. Of, I can't remember, even remember what you told me. I feel like I've had a few people tell me things, but <laughs> like, but I think that's the important thing. It's like, okay, so you could either say nothing or you could say something that you think is right, get corrected and fucking learn. Like that's the worst thing that could happen right now. Like, you know, like the worst thing that happens is you get corrected and learn something. Absolutely. And don't take being corrected as, oh, no, well, I'm just not going to speak up anymore. It's like, no, bitch, you have to because your whole audience is watching you and learning as you learn. So you have to be that. Are you a light worker? Be that beacon of light and show all these people that are watching you as a leader how to do this race relation thing. Yeah. And I think, too, it's like for me, like I've even been thinking like, wow, like there are, there is deep conditioning in my subconscious that I haven't even like realized. I didn't even know the word mass incarceration until like literally yesterday. Like I just had never heard that before. I did not know that that was a thing. So it's like, there's so much learning that we can experience, which leads to more compassion, more empathy, more clearing of our own like issues. Why would you want to hold on to subconscious bullshit that is like hurting other people? So it's like, yeah, is it going to feel icky? hundred percent, but like you need to do it. And it's not probably not going to be perfect, but you need to like shift and grow and change as you go. Yes. Yes. Every step that you take to heal those, those you know subconscious biases and every step you take to learn about a history that is not your own is like a little crack in in, a little chink in the armor of white supremacy and it opens up for everyone to to get to that place that people try to be in spiritual bypassing it helps us get to that place where we're actually one yes and then so as allies some of the things i mean obviously like donate march speak out educate ourselves like what are some other, promote Black businesses, promote back Black women, what else do you feel white people in the community can be doing after the inner work, like to take action? Yeah, so after the inner work, you mentioned a lot of them. Also vote, even looking at the news. When you watch the news, I mean, it looks like there's only Black people committing crimes. Yeah. <laughs> and that is impossible. So it's kind of opening your eyes to where white supremacy is in your day-to-day life, and then counteracting it. So say you were watching the news one day and you noticed that it would be you getting on Twitter or something or, or quickly hopping on a live and sharing with your audience, like, Hey guys, I just noticed something and sharing that out because that real life, um, implementation of it is how it, it roots in and it's how it really reprograms you and the people that you're serving. Um, but yes, vote, support black businesses and not just now while it's trendy i'm i'm low-key yes. nervous for when this little trend ends and it goes back to status quo yeah. keep going and don't go collecting black friends like okay i'm gonna just like go to the hood and meet some friends now like no 
That's not what we do. But if you're making genuine connections, that's a great start because I feel like there's an othering with black people and we're very, very similar. Yes, maybe we listen to different music sometimes. Maybe we have different slang sometimes. But you know what? We are all very similar. We all basically want the same things. Happiness, a happy, healthy family, a wonderful life. And there's so much more that we can connect on than disconnect on, even if you're listening to country and I'm listening to gangster rap. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think, <laughs> I think um, what a really great thing to do is, is um, stop the othering of different cultures and accept, love, lead with love in these spaces that are inclusive, create inclusive spaces around you. And again, vote. Yes. <laughs> I can't stress that enough. Yeah. Well, so I want to know your view on, because um, there are, you know, a number of Black Republicans speaking out, like, <sighs> and there's, <laughs> without naming any names, um, I'm just wondering, like, I'm, I'm Canadian, but I know, like, we in Canada know more about the U.S. government than we know about our own government. Like, how, like it's a political, it, it is a political issue because it went from the U.S. kidnapped people from the shores of Africa, brought them to the U.S. as slaves. They were slaves for, what, 400 years? Mm-hmm something like that. And then for 81 years, they were like, okay, we're not allowed to own you anymore, but we're going to keep you separate from us. Mm -hmm. And they were segregated. And then for the last 65 years, we decided, oh, well, we'll let them, you know, they're kind of segregated, kind of not, but we'll let them live among us. But we're going to try and arrest as many as we can. Because once they've been arrested and they've been in jail, then we're allowed to treat them like shit. And their whole you know community is going to be damaged like they're you know the men have been in jail the women have been in jail too but it's like there's then there's all these kids growing up without parents without guidance and it's like the whole community has just been pillaged basically and like what like what would be the perfect solution like a admitting like we fucked you guys over b like how do they begin to repair that yeah so um i just want to add there's also, in addition to going from the segregation to then this like school to prison pipeline for the mass incarceration bit, there's also redlining, which means that all the areas where black people were predominant are now uh, redlined as places to not not give money to. So if I'm living in that area and I want to get a loan to purchase a home, I can't. So we're keeping them down education wise. We're also keeping them down um, by not allowing them to build any equity and build any wealth from owning a home. So there's, there's, there's multiple layers, and, and that's not all, but these are just multiple uh, mm -hmm. layers of the way things were continuing to smash down. This is like what systemic racism looks like, uh, you know, in the shadows, yeah. um, not to mention the, the job inequity, not to mention the underfunding of schools and just, uh, it's a lot. So. Mm -hmm. I, am, I don't think I'm the one to say what the perfect solution is. Um, I certainly did not study enough civics to tell you a good answer. <laughs> but I think what is going on now is really on the right track. I mean, we have, you know, they're really starting to look at how the, how the police are operating and being funded, and that's important. I think the fact that we're now looking at the, the way laws are written and things like... Um, all these fraudulent phone calls to the police about black people just living their life are yeah, now yeah. starting to be, uh, some states are calling for it to be a hate crime. 
and that is awesome because we need something to make it stop. But I think I think there's so many it's so multifaceted and there's so many things that could be done to fix it. I don't think I'm the one to say this is the one and only solution, yeah. but I think I think top down stuff needs to be toppled over and rethought and then bottom up, I think children need to be educated and there needs to be less of an othering of black culture and black children so that you know we're still segregated, legit. I live in a very white neighborhood, but when I go around down, you know, I, I'm from New York. I now live in South Florida. I'm in the whitest of white areas in South Florida. I have to go into the city of West Palm Beach to start seeing black people, <laughs> real talk. And then there's a difference in the size of homes, how close those homes are together, how clean the streets are. You know, we're still segregated by race, whether we're calling it that or not. And the schools that are in those areas are not as funded as the ones that are in my area. So I think there needs to be an, some, there needs to be equality, yes, but there also needs to be equity in the way money is dispersed so that black people have an equal chance yeah as white people as Asians as whatever to ascend because that's all we want is the equality and equity yeah yeah and it's it's just wild that I don't I, I like gosh I just want them to admit it you know <laughs> like I want I want them to just admit that this has been their agenda all along and it's just so so wild and yeah I think so, so much is going to come down to education as well and yeah I mean yeah. I mean, admitting it, do they need to admit it? We see it. We know it. Like, yeah, yeah. the emperor has no clothes. <laughs> we know yeah. what has been done. And now it's like, I don't care if you admit it. Just fucking fix it now. Yeah. yeah. I've got kids growing up here, okay? Yes. Oh, and yeah, like, what's that like? Like, how does that feel? Like, what are, how are your kids, um, like, how does this feel for kids right now? For Black kids? Oh, you know, it's hard. There's an underlying, a simmering fear from every black mom in this country. Yeah. There's a simmering fear because walking around with a Sprite and Skittles can get you murdered. Mm. Jogging can get you murdered. Laying in your own bed can get you murdered. Walking into your own house can get you murdered. And it's like, where is safe? Yeah. Where? So there's, there's a simmering, you know, a growing distrust of the police, um, a growing, you know, othering again and it's it's on a global scale like as an empath i feel that on the global scale this simmering anxiety and that's part of why i started sending out reiki to just everyone like i need this anxiety to simmer down so yeah. i can sleep better you know, yeah, yeah, know. <laughs> so so for moms and you know kids are it's like they they notice moms listening to the news they hear things they're asking more questions and there there's a growing fear among them as well and i try to shield my children from the new, like i don't watch the news at all i get my news from twitter facebook you yeah, know and then look at bbc yeah. so but i i tell them in bits and in age appropriate ways what's going on and i see the confusion and the hurt in their eyes like what like aren't we supposed to just all be friends? What's going on here? Yeah. So, you know, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of confusion and, you know, moms of all colors, we want our kids to be happy, healthy, feel safe, feel loved. And I think if we start bottom up from the children, like educating them and having schools being, having more diverse and actually teaching history and not this whitewashed history that gets taught, I think that it, it would help all around. And, 
you know, I feel like a lot of kids and teens, they, they love black culture, black music, black hairstyles, black slang, but then they don't actually love black people. And I think we need to get to a place where we're just loving each other. And I know that sounds trite, but fuck it. We need to love each other. I know. And yeah, I mean, I feel like as white people, there's so much that we need to like learn. I watched that, um, I'm sure you've seen it. It's like that baby doll quiz that they do with kids. So basically they have like a white baby doll and a black baby doll. And they ask the kid like, oh, which of these babies is pretty? Which of these babies is good? And of course they're pointing to the white one. They say, which of these babies is bad? And they point to the black one. And, you know, it's like black children, like taking this, like doing this little quiz and they'll say, which um which one do you think you look like and they'll point to the back one black one and you'll see like their little brain being like oh I guess I'm bad like you know it's like you can kind of see them like coming to that realization like yeah I think I'm bad and it's so like so heartbreaking of course I mean that is literally white supremacy in action so what are our kids watching I don't know if you have children but if you look at kids programming the main character is a blue-eyed blonde white boy always and then the black character is in the back maybe saying a line or two and it's always just to like boost up the main character's ideas the black character isn't making the ideas they're not saving the day they're basically on they're usually making a joke (laughs) and it's just that is conditioning that is programming these children to think oh the lead white blonde hair blue eye is good that is the lead and then same thing with books same thing with these dolls like my daughter goes to the shelf and she sees just lots of blonde blue-eyed dolls and then we have to go and look for the brown or the tan one so it's it's literally white supremacy in action and a lot of people might not notice that about the shows on tv but you have to and you have to have those conversations with the kids and teens in your life and make sure that they recognize it too because it's not fair and i think kids speaking out on that um I think this next generation, they've got it. They're getting it. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. They are really getting it. And they are speaking up and speaking out in a way that my generation, I mean, I'm an elder millennial, but my generation is still not like as with it as these teens and kids are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that we've got that to look forward to. So that's good. Yeah. Oh, okay. So if you're listening to this, and you are white, and you think you're not privileged, go do your homework. And I know I'm always posting resources. Danny has been posting a lot of amazing resources. There's so many people that you can follow, so many books you can read. So go do the work. And let's move on to Manic Moments and Manifesting, where we talk about our last meltdown and the last thing that we manifested. And I can go first. I mean, I feel like I've been, like you were saying, like just like constant meltdown. I think just because I'm an empath and I'm just like feeling the sadness and like the sadness, but also the guilt the shame the anger and the like and even like some confusion like and afraid to say the wrong thing so it's like obviously what I'm feeling is nothing compared to you know what black people are feeling they've been feeling this for their entire like for centuries and now it's all being you know brought to light and there's so many feelings but I feel like right now the best thing that we can do is just like so I had this, so my, my so that's kind of like my dark, the, the manic moment, but the manifestation that's kind of come out of this, I actually, 
kind of just took a couple days off social media because I had this trip planned with my parents and I was like, I'm, you know, I'm going to just like take a bit of a break and, you know, talk to my parents and like use this time to educate myself and use this time to like do some journaling and without, you know, having all the images, you know, in my face all day. And I was like, okay, I was doing this meditation and I heard like, it was almost like a voice and it said, our grace comes through our disgrace. And I was like, okay. So it was really just a reminder to like through our own inner darkness and through the darkness going on in the world is where we find beauty, but you have to move through it. You have to move towards it. You can't move away from it or shy away from it. Um, And it just made me want to just continue to go deeper and continue to do the inner work. So yeah, kind of like making sure that whatever icky feeling you're feeling, whatever avoidance you're going into, remember that you need to look at that thing <laughs> and like how, whatever that looks like for you, whether it's journaling throughout, it, whether it's taking a course, reading a book, whatever, you need to like feel uncomfortable in order for the light to really come through. Otherwise you're just piling, you know, excuses and piling whatever on top of it and it's gonna come out one day so we need to get it out of there now yes the sooner the better i feel like it's um like a collective shadow work has to go on yeah hundred you have to go through it like you said you can't you can't half-ass it and you have to also recognize that you can dig it out now clean it up heal and then ascend to another level but guess what when you get to that new level new double and you're gonna have to approach it in a different way to then heal from it on on another level as well totally totally continues yes okay what was your last meltdown my last meltdown did not have a nice profound ending like yours did i gotta be honest it was saturday actually a couple days ago i what i woke up i had deadlines i was trying to finish work by a deadline and then in the afternoon i had to present a session on manifesting to a big group of people digitally of course and my husband woke up on 10. he was ready to fight me i'm like what are you he just it's like he, the wrong side of the bed, he woke up on the wrong side of the house and he's just like grumpy and he's like coming at me for little things. I'm like, bro, today is not the day. So I lost my shit. I like, I screamed on it. I'm like, you're so selfish. I've got to focus on this. Yeah. So then I was like, as I was in that heightened state, I stopped like mid scream and I just turned around and walked out, which is not my MO. I will scream until you understand me, you know? So I just turned around, walked out and I went outside I walked around the house barefoot, just kind of grounding myself and recognizing that I did not want to start my session, you know, talking about manifesting from this horrible, enhanced, like frantic state. So I just walked around the house. I like got my Zen on and then I went inside. I turned on a nice hot shower and let it just pour over me. And I imagined that the water beating down over my body was, uh, you know, just the universe coming through my crown chakra and just like pouring the white light over me. And that visualization helped center me, get me calm again. And, you know, I got out, I went to my husband, I said, I hear that you've got stuff to talk about. Let's do this after my session because I want to be centered and prepared to serve these women. And he was like, fine. He's still grumpy, but he was like, fine. I guess he understood. And then, you know, I went, I served, knocked the session out of the park. And then I was able to kind of have a calm conversation with my husband. And um, it was just, it was nice to just in the moment, find my center, get center, and then be able to kind of handle his emotions as well. So that was the last time I had a little freak out. And I'm glad it wasn't as bad as it could have been. <laughs> no, well, I mean, you're, you, it sounded just as profound. Like you, you, you did, you uh, figured out how to, to recenter and how to like make a manifestation come out of it because 
I get it. When my husband <laughs> messes with me before I have work to do, I'm like, no, no, not today. <laughs> not today, Francis. Um, bless. Well, oh my gosh, this has been so amazing. I want to thank you so very much. Like the world needs this right now. And yeah, I'm just so excited that we connected. Can you tell everyone where they can find you online? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for be willing, being willing to have this conversation. So many people are still too scared to do it. And this just shows who you are as a leader, as a human, as a light being, but as someone who is curating this community, this is good on you basically. Thank you. Um, so thank you for having me. And I can be found, um, I live on Instagram. <laughs> so Instagram at the Danny Faust, um, okdanny.com is my site and my podcast you can find on any podcast player. It's manifest it sis and um, you can join me in Facebook, on Facebook in my group, the Lifestyle Redesign Lounge. I'm always hanging out there, and on Facebook, I'm Coach Danny Faust. Amazing, and we will link you guys to all the things. Thank you, Danny, so much, and thanks, everyone, for listening. I know for everyone, it can be a little uncomfortable, so if you made it this far in the podcast, go pat yourself on the back, then do some more work, and then keep doing more work um but love you all and we will catch you guys next week bye guys thank you so much for listening remember karma's real so if you love this episode go leave a comment rate us five stars and subscribe and you're gonna manifest a mini heart chakra upgrade because you gotta give if you want to receive also make sure to follow me on instagram at chakra girl co and shoot me a dm i'm here to chat also, you can find more info on this episode at chakragirlco.com. That's where you're going to access the show notes. And while you're on my website, check out the newest online hotspot, the Chakra Girl Glam and Grounded membership. We would love to help you activate those chakras, babe. So step into that chic life and join us in the Glam and Grounded membership. Love you, mean it. See you next Tuesday. Thanks for listening.